Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Focus on Albany. I'm Cynthia Pooler. My guest today is Diane Nickerson. And Diane is here to talk about the bilingual uh, program at, at Montessori. So, Diane, um, how are you? I'm doing well. Thank you, Cynthia. I'm glad to be on the program today. Thank you. So, uh, Montessori, you know, people know the name. Exactly what is Montessori? What does it do that the regular public schools do not do? Mm, It's a really important question. (laughs) Um, I even, working in schools for years and years, and my parents were both teachers, I had also heard the word Montessori, and I thought I knew what it was, um, but, uh, you know, I didn't until I was doing research for my own children when they were small. Montessori is a philosophy of human development, and it is a method of how to do school, and it's named for its inventor, Dr. Maria Montessori, who was a medical scientist, a psychiatrist scientist that observed children and how they learn. And so over a 50-year period, beginning in um, around 1905 until her death in 1960, She worked um, on developing and enhancing this method, and uh, it's globally used. You know, it's it's all around the world, across cultures, nations, religions. Um, And so that sets it apart. There are over 22,000 Montessori schools, and it is really the largest pedagogy um, in the world. It is not well known in upstate New York, unfortunately. Um, it's, it's growing. It's growing in popularity across the country. And the way that it stands out from a conventional education, whether that conventional education be at a public school or a private school, um, is that the child's the, the curriculum follows the child. The, the child works at his or her own pace. The child makes choices and has the freedom to make choices within um, the limitations set by the teachers around the curriculum. Um, And they have this uninterrupted work time to really develop concentration um, and develop skills based on their interests. And that really sets it apart. So um, you're creating a bilingual uh, part of the Montessori program, right? Correct. So Castle Island is unique as a Montessori school because we're also um, a Spanish immersion bilingual school. Um, and across the globe, of course, there are, you know bilingual schools are, are commonplace. Um, in New York State, they are less common. Um, the Capital Region has another language immersion school, the Hebrew Academy, where the two languages are Hebrew and English. There is a program inside a city school district of Albany, dual language, Spanish and English program inside a typical neighborhood monolingual English school. Um, but ours is the only Spanish-English bilingual school um, between Yonkers and Syracuse. We're the only one. So are you uh, a New York State certified? This school 
is registered with the New York State Education Department, and we are an independent element, um, elementary school starting with pre-K age three through sixth grade. So how many children do you have in the Montessori, uh, in your Montessori school, and what are their ages? Mm-hmm. The children can enroll here as soon as they turn three. Um, given space available, we enroll children in the middle of the school year through February. So if a child turns three in October, they could start then, for example. And the children go up through age 12 in sixth grade. We, the Montessori is mixed age groupings um, with three-year age spans. So we have just three classrooms, children ages three to six, and children six to nine, nine to 12. And currently we have 35 children enrolled and we're about to relocate to our permanent home on Broadway and re- the revitalized downtown Albany. And we're looking to enroll 50 students total this year. So we have children on the wait list for January. So are these children that will be enrolling in your school is is Spanish their uh, first language or English their first language? Oh, that's a very good question. Every year we have more and more Spanish-dominant families who are interested in enrolling their children at our school, and we're thrilled about that. But still, uh, most of our families are English-dominant, and the parents are interested in their children learning some or a lot of Spanish based on either the family's background or just their value of learning languages at an early age. So then uh, children uh, in at high school level, they go to either parochial school or uh, public school, but there's no Montessori for older children, right? In the capital region, there is not. Buffalo has a public Montessori high school, and pub- Public or private Montessori high schools exist throughout the country and the world. Um, There are two in Cincinnati, Ohio, that are public, actually. Um, Colorado, especially the Denver and Boulder areas, have a lot of Montessori schools, as does Texas, actually. Um, Raleigh-Durham area has Montessori schools, California, Florida, throughout the nation. And, And so it's sort of growing in the Northeast a little bit. Um, in our region, I advocate for the BOCES regional school called Tech Valley, and Tech Valley High School is a project-based learning school with interdisciplinary academic studies um, that most, is most akin to a Montessori program. So when a child reaches an age where, you know, they they're, they've been in the Montessori school for a while, and then they they assimilate into you know junior high or public junior high. Everything that they learn, all the all that all those subjects are accredited by the state of New York, correct? Correct. Yes. 
Mm-hmm. They can, okay. children can, when they graduate from our school, and we do anticipate growing to include 7th and 8th grade as well eventually, um, but when children emerge from our school at any age, whether they stay only through kindergarten or stay through 3rd grade or 6th grade or eventually to 8th grade, they transition very well because they have developed um, sort of this intrinsic motivation for learning. Children are very interested in learning in our school and learn because it's it's interesting to net them um, without external motivators or rewards. And so the children do very well no matter where they go after they emerge from our school. So when the Montessori school, uh, it's kind of not like public schools where, where Montessori, they're not, um, they don't have common core. In other words, the the students that go, the children that go to Montessori, they they work on the skills that they're most interested in rather than sitting in the class and listening to, you know, a whole bunch of stuff that they might not be totally interested in. Is that correct? Um, somewhat correct. Um, so people know about Common Core Common Core is, you know, a household word, and it's it's used commonly. Um, it, common Core really means three different things, and I'd like to um, explain the distinction between what do we mean when we say Common Core. So, Common okay. Core was created originally as standards for learning, um, and then, you know established and, and, and promoted through the public schools in New York State and other states as well, um, those, those public schools have funding that come through, through public funding, right, taxes, et cetera. And, mm-hmm. and so in order to show that those schools qualify for public funding, testing is tied to funding. And the testing was based on these common core standards. So now you have these tests that are based on the standards um, as driven through a curriculum that would be aligned with those standards, um, which is 100% through a company called Pearson who creates these test-aligned curriculums. So <laughs> what I want to say with that is that the Common Core standards are really quite good. Uh, most of or all of the standards say the child will choose. The child will be able to through choosing based on the child's interest, actually. Um, but most conventional schools, which are most of the public schools, are structured in a certain way where that's just not possible. The child doesn't have um, a vehicle to make a choice because the method is that there is an adult standing in the front of a classroom generally and there are children sitting looking at the teacher and the teacher is determined now we're going to do math on page 45 lesson three activity four you know we're doing that now (laughs) so the child just doesn't have a vehicle to make a choice the common core standards are really very good there's nothing wrong with them the the manner in which Um, children are given access to developing their skills and knowledge about those standards is what the conventional approach 
provides for with, you know, certain limitations. <laughs> One might say many limitations in a conventional program, whether it's public or private, parochial. Um, so in a Montessori classroom, the children can access those standards by making choices. So the only choices that are provided for children in a Montessori classroom are good ones, and they include math and manipulating numbers and understanding quantities and how they can be um, added, subtracted, multiplied under, you know, the concepts of numbers. And same with language and same with geography and the sciences of biology and botany and the physical sciences and really understanding the world around us. So the children do have the freedom of choice, but the choices are all carefully and thoughtfully prepared for the children with hands-on materials. And the teachers offer them one-on-one -on -one lessons so that the children have access to understanding how to manipulate the materials and practice with them for deep understanding of um, concrete, then abstract concepts. So if they, I hear the kids in the background. <laughs> Can you hear them singing? <laughs> yeah. yeah, they just started some singing time. That's great. So if a child likes to read, but does not like math and vice versa, will the teacher accommodate their interests? In other words, if, if the child doesn't like math, is math taught to that child? That's a really good question. I'm really glad you asked it. Um, it. It just turns out that in our culture of raising children, children are often not given the freedom to make choices, right? And so then the adults make assumptions that, well, if we give the child a choice, the child will not learn everything he or she needs or what we deem that they need, right? <laughs> um, so let's take your example. So if a child is doing reading all day long or, or wants to do reading all day long, is very drawn to that reading and is given the freedom to, to read a chapter book for an hour, for example, um, will that child ever learn math? What will we do? Oh, no. <laughs> so what happens is that the, the teacher will observe that child and notice that they're always reading about the solar system or they're always reading about dogs or they'll, they'll take, you know, observe their interests and talk with them about that interest and say, may I show you a lesson in the math area um, that can, you know, they'll find out what is it that they like about dogs. You know, do they want to be a veterinarian? Or do, they, do they like to know um, facts and figures about the dog? And they'll, they'll um, sort of tailor math lessons for them using the standardized Montessori materials, but tailoring the interest based on their interest in dogs or their interest in the solar system and um, draw the child to doing math work that still meets their interest. Now, is your school the first Montessori school in, in Albany? No, no, not at all. Um, the very first Montessori school, I believe, in the 1960s was a school that evolved to become what is now Woodland Hill Montessori in North Greenbush, and that is an independent school with fully implemented Montessori program from um, 18 months through 8th grade. And they started in Albany, moved to Rensselaer, and then moved to North Greenbush over time. Um, it's been over 50 years now that they've been established, and they have over 200 children. Um, Albany City School District, about 30-some years ago, 
could be a couple years more now, about 30 years ago started a public Montessori school using federal magnet funds. So it's a magnet school, and the enrollment mm -hmm. in that school is lottery-based. And there is described program is constricted by district and state mandates for curriculum and testing. So they are not a fully implemented Montessori program, but have many elements of the Montessori philosophy and um, method in their school. And they start at age four, pre-K four through fifth grade. So our school is the only school in Albany that is a fully implemented Montessori school, and that's in the city limits of Albany. Now you started three years old when when most people think of children going to school at three. It's like daycare or pre-K, and and is it different from like what the normal uh, regimen is for a three-year-old? It's quite different. It's quite different. And honestly, if you're new to Montessori, everything I'm saying really is going to sound too good to be true. Um, even children, even adults who work with small children, or maybe even especially adults that work with children, you know, until you see and understand Montessori, it does seem too good to be true. I myself worked with children from kindergarten through 12th grade for years, maybe 15 years I was a public school, sometimes a private school teacher. And I didn't really understand or know about Montessori until I saw it for myself. Um, you know, and it really truly brought tears to my eyes that I didn't understand, you know, what children really were capable of managing on their own and how they could be their full selves and how they could be independent and care for themselves, care for other children in the community without being prompted and take care of their classroom environment because they wanted to make sure it was, you know, a, a particular material, for example, was ready for the next child. And <laughs> it blew me away the first time I saw it and really transformed my personal and professional life. So when you started teaching, you started like in a, a public school and you were kind of unaware of Montessori, correct? Correct. I mean, I thought I knew because, you know, somebody had told me about Montessori and they said, oh, the children just run around and do what they want and it's always expensive and you should, if you have kids and are interested in something great for them, you should save your money and bring them some piano lessons and soccer and whatever. But you don't need to, you don't need to waste your money on a Montessori school is what somebody had told me. <laughs> and so, you know, Money is a factor, so like if you have the public Montessori school in Albany, New York, the challenge there is that their funding is tied to testing, so they have to, you know, push their Montessori materials to the side sometimes in lieu of Pearson-style um, you know, reading workbooks and math workbooks and that kind of thing. On the other hand, if you have a fully implemented Montessori program with great fidelity to the philosophy and the method, it's found in independent schools and, you know, entirely because um, there, there is this need to be separate from the public funding tied to testing, which is then tied to curriculum. 
And if it's an independent school, then it needs to be independently funded. <laughs> so that's where the money part comes in. Um, and so many Montessori schools are tuition-based so they can have the freedom to fully implement Montessori method. Castle Island is super unique because our mission is to provide an accessible world-class education, and to that end, our tuition is actually income-based on a sliding scale, and that makes our school, you know, another layer of uniqueness. So we're a language immersion school with Spanish. We're fully implemented Montessori. We're located in Albany. We value diversity of human community, and... um, to the extent possible, we make the tuition affordable for families. So has there, any, has there ever been any books written on the history of Montessori schools? Because oh, yeah, I, many, many. <laughs> I'm really intrigued by this conversation. Oh, good. <laughs> I can recommend a book to you as a starting place and to listeners who are interested in Montessori. There is a Montessori dad in Texas, actually, um, who was, his wife found the school for their three children. It happened to be in their neighborhood, so they sort of stumbled upon it. And he was there to pick up the children periodically and was just fascinated by peeking in the windows and observing and chatting with the teachers a little bit, so much so that he wrote a book about what is Montessori school and why you should also love it, right? And he's not even an author. He's an airline pilot. He's not an educator, um, so his book is very accessible. It's very easy to read. It's a fun read. It's called Montessori Madness, and it's by Trevor Eisler. Um, Yeah, Montessori Madness, I recommend that. It's a parent-to-parent argument for Montessori education, and his last name is spelled E-I-S-S-L-E-R, Trevor Eisler. So um, you... You have a, uh, Montessori has a different approach to to learning. Has any of the children or people that have gone to Montessori have they ultimately become Ivy Leaguers? Do you know? Hmm. Yes. Yes. And sometimes no. And if the answer is no, it's because. They have such independence with learning that they don't find that they need a college education to follow their career choice or their their interest in order to um, have a profession that brings in an income. Um, they're they're self-starters and independent, but that's not to say that that's true across the board. Of course, there are um, graduates that go to Ivy League. There are some. There's a, a good number, a growing number of famous, you know, quote unquote, famous Montessorians. Um, or graduates of Montessori education, notably um, Sergey and Larry that founded uh, Google. <laughs> so uh-huh. they, they have publicly accredited their innovative thinking and work mindset to their Montessori education. In fact, that's where they met each other to become lifelong friends and partners in work. And um, I think it's quite known that Google, Google workplaces are kind of innovative and different. Like there's access to healthy snacks 
in a in a really dynamic dining dining facility all day long that you can move around your desk to different places. There's this freedom of movement in your work that um, you're invited to have lunch with different people every day, to have innovative conversations, and to to ask Larry and Sergey themselves schedule a meeting, say, "Hey, I have an idea for this," <laughs> and all of that is very Montessori. Now, since the children learn differently than if they go to a uh, a public school or even a uh, a charter school or a parochial school. How is the interaction between Montessori kids and and kids who go to like mainstream schools? Is there a uh, do they get along with each other? Is there a divide between them? How do you feel? Mm, that's an interesting question. So certainly. Um, students in a Montessori school have friends in their neighborhood that go to other schools with conventional approaches um, or on their soccer teams or wherever. Um, One hallmark of a Montessori child is that because they've practiced their own independence for so many years, you know, and they're very articulate, they're very good at making eye contact, it's easy for them to make friends. They, they um, are approachable, they're confident, they have great self-confidence and say, hi, my name is Diane, Cynthia, or what's your name? I'd love, I'd love to be your friend, Cynthia. You know, that's a common sort of thing that you'll hear Montessori children say. Um, so, for example, sometimes prospective families will bring their child with them on a tour and they'll peek inside the classroom and it, inevitably one or more children come up and say, hi, you know, I'm, I'm whoever, what's your name? <laughs> you know, they're very warm and um interesting and easy to make friends now we just have a couple of minutes left are there are there any of the kids still there that maybe would would like to come onto the phone and and sing a little bit for our, our audience <laughs> well uh, i'm not sure if that will be possible that would be lovely i can okay. walk into a classroom and see if they're still doing any singing it looks like they're getting ready to go to their lunch time right now <laughs> i think they might be finished well, singing <laughs> yeah. well we do have a youtube we have a youtube channel with recordings of the children singing in english and in spanish so if you go to uh-huh. YouTube and look up Castle Island Montessori, um, Castle Island Bilingual Montessori, Albany, New York, um, we have a, a wonderful channel with recordings of some of the children's performances last year. We do um, something we call Feria de Español, which is 50% science fair, 50% spring concert of singing songs, and 100% in Spanish. So that's fun thing to watch. We did a Day of the Dead party last year, and the children... Um, there's recordings of the children singing songs and reading poetry in Spanish, and I encourage listeners to check out our YouTube channel. That's great. Do do other Montessori schools anywhere else in the country have YouTube channels that people could look at and you know be amazed at <laughs> what how, how children are interacting. Yeah, certainly they do. Um, there's two main accreditation organizations uh, in the in the world. Um, one is called 
Association Montessori International, which is mostly in Europe, and in the United States, it's American Montessori Society. Our school is affiliated with American Montessori Society. They have a wonderful website with excellent videos and information about what is Montessori and you know how, how does it enhance children's lives. And so that's amshq.org. Um, American Montessori Society. They have a YouTube channel as well with phenomenal, um, professionally um, published, or produced videos. Diane, this is really exciting. Um, I want to thank Paul Smart for uh, recommending that I interview you on Focus on Albany. And, you know, you could contact me anytime you want. If you have an issue that you want to discuss, please do so. You've been listening to Diane Nickerson, and uh, she's with the Montessori School here in Albany. I'm Cynthia Pooler. If you like this show, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter. Diane, it was a pleasure talking to you, and thank you, everybody. The pleasure was mine. Have a great day. Thank you, Cynthia. Thank you so much.